it's practically a game and a half before you actually can form an opinion. <laughs> Seriously, Homer's at the whole first game saying how much it sucked. It whole does. second game, how he's saying that he liked it a little bit more than the third game. He's like, "This is a really good game. I'm so glad I did this." Like, God, the first game is rough. If <laughs> that's true. But Plummer's also the guy who talks shit about Red Dead Redemption, despite also saying it's one of his favorite games of all time. So, (laughs) (laughs) can't have it both ways. (laughs) Hello, guys, gals, and non binary pals. Welcome to Couch Co-op, a video game podcast. It's kind of like a book club, only for video game nerds. Today, we're going to be discussing a game that's near and dear to my heart. In fact, honestly, it may be in my top 10 for favorite games of all time. And that's the original Last of Us. And if you've managed to avoid all the nonsense online following the sequel, you'll unearth going back to the classic, the first one, a truly amazing achievement in video gaming. I can't say enough positive things about this one for a very dark and negative story. And I'm very happy to be able to sit down with Jack and Dave here and discuss it because for the first time in seemingly years, we've all actually completed the game now. So I really am excited to go through this walkthrough with you guys. Uh, So let's dive right into it. Dave, you just completed this your first experience with the game. What did you think of The Last of Us? I thought it was arguably on a narrative level one of the best video games I've played. Um, uh, character acting, I would say one of the best I've ever played. Um, <clears throat> I think I ran into it and it was kind of bad timing. I've been playing nothing but a lot of up-tempo and very bright colored games um, that generally weren't too heavy. And to walk into this, um, <clears throat> I'd say was a little bit of a struggle for me. Like I could play it in small amounts at a time. I could, it was hard for me to commit. I started off on normal and then I just kind of realized that I did want to experience the whole game, but I didn't want the real challenge of going through it. So I kicked it down to easy. And then I just pretty much upgraded my shotgun and <laughs> It, and then learned that the rifle was pretty OP. So once I got those two things down, it was pretty easy to figure out the rest of the game. But it's an excellent game because it actually created emotional resonance within me. And I think that that's probably the most common thread that all the fans of the game have is just how strong these characters are, how fleshed out they are, how quick you grow a connection with them and become empathetic or are impressed by what they do and how they live in this world. So I would say that this was a very good game and I kind of wish I'd played it when it first came out where I think I would have been way more impressed with it because it's such an old game that though it is good, um, just I'm used to more modern gameplay. It's a bit smoother a bit faster now than it used to be so this is a game that um for years i've i've said it um it's, it's my favorite narrative 
action game of all time. Um, everything Dave just said about the characters is really kind of what what it makes it special. But um, just uh, when I decided to replay this, um, because I knew Dave was going to jump in, I had just finished The Last of Us 2, and I wanted uh, to go back and, and um, revisit these characters. And I was just stunned by how well it held up. I mean, this is a game that came out eight years ago. And yes, I was playing the remastered version. Um, so the graphics were fears updated. But from the opening scene where you have to escape with your daughter and your brother through this town that is just getting ravaged by zombies, I mean, it completely just blew me away how powerful that scene still is. And, and I remember thinking that, but I really expected to come back to it and it to be dated to the point where it just wouldn't have the same impact. And whoa, whoa, what a, what a just blast the game starts off on. And then, um, and then it really kind of slows down from there. And um, when I originally played the game, um, I struggled through a big chunk of it and it wasn't until um, where it picks up um, and I'll let Matt take over here because um, Matt knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's a certain point in the game where it really just kind of starts gaining steam. Yeah. So I, I thank you both for uh, sharing that and Jack. Yeah. You, you alluded to the opening, like the opening alone was just so amazing playing this game eight years ago because this was kind of at a period of time where we were all kind of getting burnt out on the whole zombie craze you know we're huge nerds so like we got into all that much sooner than i think the the general masses so by this point it's like you had walking dead stuff everywhere every other movie coming out had zombies and seemingly every video game certainly had zombies but kind of that introduction even though you're dealing with clickers in the last of us universe of kind of just showcasing like the the downfall of the world was just such a unique introduction to it where you really just realize how globally terrifying this would be like on a mass level like it really you you're not it's not a combat driven mission it's not like in resident evil 2 where it's like by the time like the town has succumbed to this big invasion or whatnot um you're armed and ready to go and you just kind of fight your way out. It's like, you're literally a father and his daughter and his brother in a shitty pickup truck, just trying to escape and find a, a road to curve off into. And it just really puts you into a mindset of the universe you're going to be interacting in. Then it kicks off and it's broken up into sections. It, it goes by seasons and, you know, taking over as Joel who, for all intents and purposes, seemingly is just your general all around protagonist, a little hardened, you know, heavy drinking kind of older guy who's, who's hard enough to go out and get shit done. But because you were introduced to him and know the traumas he, he's experienced, um, he doesn't come across like your typical archetype hero in these types of games, from my experience, at least. Yeah, I felt uh, that just the characters are so strong. Um, and like you said, 
you get to know who Joel is, you know, almost immediately. And it's not through some exposition or any of that, you know, when I say you get to know who he is, it's because, you know, this is a defining moment in his life from that point on, you know, on top of living in the world that they're in. But it, it was just super powerful, you know, and it really, the whole game just offset my uh, just discomfort with the gameplay as far as, you know, the stealth aspect being such a strong uh, mechanic designed into it. And like I said, just at that time, it's just been nothing but high taste, really colorful games. So for me to just polarize my mindset on that and approaching it from uh, a different level was a little jarring for me, but uh, just the conversations that they had, the interactions that they had with each other, um, I felt that breaking up the game into seasonal sections made it much easier to keep pushing through, you know, and kind of understanding um, that you were like probably in the middle of something or maybe close to the end. Uh, my favorite season was uh, fall. And that was where you encounter uh, Joel's brother and then you eventually get into this big fight with a group of cannibals. And I say that's my favorite because I think on a emotional level and on a, I guess, existential level, that's where the game got the most terrifying for me. It wasn't the clickers, it was how society and humankind's gonna react and what are they gonna do? And to me, this seems like a scenario that was probably the most likely to happen was just a fractioning, turning into a tribal situation, looking for food. And I'm talking about when I say food, I mean any kind of food from anything that's walking, you know, and just pretty much such a, a brutal struggle for life. And that's what fall I think really encapsulated, you know, was, you know, just that it wasn't just clickers that were dangerous. It was everyone around you that you didn't know. Well, I think it's interesting you said you instantly get to know Joel because I think one of the true genius of this game is while they tell you throughout the game who Joel is, his brother spells it out plainly. Like he doesn't he doesn't say exactly what they did, but he's clearly disgusted by the actions that, that they had to they had to um, perform to survive. I mean, at one point, uh, one of the more powerful scenes, Joel says, you need to thank me. I kept you alive. And his brother looks at me and goes, it wasn't worth it. And um, Joel himself admits to ambushing innocents along the road. So the narrative, it tells you who he is, but because you're playing with him as him, because you are the antagonist because you're building this beautiful bond with this daughter figure you don't really know who he is until it became becomes very clear at the end what he is truly capable of and we can get into a little later, but um, I just, 
I just think that's one of the real the real things that makes the game special is how they take your expectations for what you think you are as you go through this narr- narrative and twist to death end into something completely um, just not not what you would expect, not what you would want to do yourself. Well, I mean, everybody's different. I think a lot of people, you know, I think that's a huge part of the game too, is so many people kind of can argue about what the proper choice choices would have been. I think you bring up some great points there because I mean, you're absolutely right. Like I, I think that Joel, um, because of the narrative structure of it, where like you had mentioned, he, he's in this father figure role and you know that he had a daughter previously and he lost her and it's clearly, you know, going to be a trauma that lingers with him forever. So his relationship with Ellie, it, it is this fascinating thing that um, the more times I've played through this first one, the more I have to really think about what's at play throughout every sequence. And there's so many times where you catch yourself as the gamer who you really want the mega happy ending where they have this father daughter bond and you're tuning out like all these horrible thing realities of who Joel is. I mean, you're Dave says like, yeah, you you're introduced to him. You kind of know who he is right off the bat, but kind of who he is right off the bat is a gun smuggler, like shitty person who's basically going out and robbing people on the road to, make enough money to live within this military complex, you know, region of town that's safe from the clickers. And, you know, other than that, like he, he's pretty much the ultimate vagabond and he has like one person that he seemingly has a relationship with, who is just somebody that he ran guns with, who also he maybe like occasionally had a relationship with, but like nobody he's very close to. Like he seems very just cut off from everything, but the whole time, like as you progress through these seasons, you're so rooting for him to just open up and keep growing with this relationship with Ellie. And that whole time, like, like I said, the more you go through it, the more you realize it's like, no, this is a really fucked up figure. Like if anything, like it's a kind of jarring that like he's, he's able to like go through this thing and, and, you know, maintain his composure to the level he does. And part of that is, you know, just because Ellie is such a joy in this game, like she really just is such a bright spot. Like Dave has mentioned, uh, the dialogue is just so wonderful and she's just corny enough that, you know, she, she, I mean, it's interacting with a young kid. Like, you know, you're going through these peaceful aspects of a city or a town before the action beats and, you know, she'll be telling shitty jokes or, asking questions and just like those are the moments where you really kind of are like at peace playing this game um and honestly too like it needs to be mentioned too that this was one of those first games that really introduced that dynamic of like the companion to your main character as you're progressing i mean certainly other games have had it but this was kind of the first one where it truly felt like you wanted to be protector for said uh companion the, the companion system that they had was was revolutionary at the time. I mean, nobody had done anything nearly as developed as as Joel and Ethan, both on a um, on an interaction and how they communicated and, and grew a, a relationship, 
but also um, just how seamless she fit into the, the gameplay. Dave, I wanted to ask you, because you actually played through God of War before playing this one, how do you think that changed your perception of it? Because in God of War, it, it is basically the same dynamic, except for Atreus is a lot more capable of defending himself, and you're also playing the literal God of War, so um, you're not nearly as threatened by the onslaught of enemies. So how, what was your opinion of the dynamic of the companion in this game? Um, <clears throat> I got to say that I, you know, you're talking about a companion and that was something that never really popped into my head. It felt like, um, it was main character 1A and main character 1B. And I was thoroughly impressed that the AI was, <laughs> Ellie was as brutal as she could be at some points <laughs> where I'd see her jump on some guy and just knife him to death. Um, but I think because she's so intertwined with the character building that like it, it companion didn't really come up. And I would kind of say the same for God of War. Like, I mean, I think he has more companion qualities because you can tell him who to attack you can tell him to do certain things. Um, but with um, Ellie, she just, she's there, you know, and she'll react. And <laughs> it's often funny when I'm like slinking around and she's like running from cover to cover in front of a clicker, but because I'm, I'm hiding, like it doesn't recognize anything. There's a few times where my heart was racing and then Ellie would just like sprint to the other side of the room. I'm like, what are you doing? Like I'm trying to set it up. But um but she's such a strong narrative part of this game. She's like part of that archway. I feel like they're both the Rosetta Stone for the whole game. You know, one side's one half of the Rosetta Stone and Rosetta Stone and the other one is two. And where is it? Is it Rosetta Stone or Rose Stone? That's for the archway. Anyways, that's what I'm talking about. Trying to, trying to sound smarter than I really am. But... <laughs> This game uh, does okay, that to you too. Right there. <laughs> this this game make by playing it makes you feel smarter than you really are because it's such a good game. But um, yeah, I just I felt like she was part of the story that was with me, and I think that's why I was able to grow an emotional attachment in a sense, you know, and become really empathetic towards how she just poor kids grown up her whole life like this, and all of a sudden she's like this weirdo that you know. Spoiler alert gets bit and doesn't turn you know and all of a sudden now she's got to make she's been passed along person to person after her family and friends have died and you know now she's with this grumpy old dude who she's seen him do some pretty brutal stuff and work with some you know fairly unsavory people and she just uh there's a moment where like it looked like yeah, he was splitting off with his brother and she, you know, she was like, everyone leaves me. And it's like, you're going to leave me too, you know? And it was just like one of those moments where I generally felt really bad for her, you know? And it was just, you were saying like, you know, Joel's not your atypical hero. And it's, yeah, the situation calls for him to be who he is. Like, this is a brutal world. There's there's cannibals, there's murderers, and there's rapists out there, you know, and 
they're gonna if they get their hands on you you're done so you, there's a level of reality to this game that gave me some unease going through it you know and it's it wasn't because of clickers and zombies like I said it was it was that human factor that really was like the most terrifying for me and it, it wasn't even the action scenes you know where you had to face off against him it was like what was this guy gonna do to Ellie you know and you know what was Firefly gonna do to Ellie you know and it was just kind of one of those things where it, it was easy for a attachment to become that with God of War, like I said, that attachment strong. The storyline is very much about the dynamic between um, those two. But uh, you, I just feel like you got so much more control over him that he kind of falls more into a companion type role. Ellie, I mean, you trigger her to do things that progress the story, you know, by progressing through the level. But you can't really tell her to do anything for the most part in that game. So. I think the Ellie being so magnetic as a personality is absolutely what transforms this game into, into something special. There's just some scenes like towards the middle, like I said, where I was kind of struggling with the gameplay a little bit. And there's one scene where she finds the, uh, she finds the porno mag in the, in the car as they're driving out of town and she starts just quipping jokes and, and, it just feels so authentic that this is something like a, a 14 year old would say, like, you know, just completely just like, what the hell is this? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And Joel's like, you know, starting to fall into that father figure role and like trying to get her to throw it out and out the window. And she's, you know, kind of, you know, getting, getting him a little bit by, by just kind of rip ribbing him in, into it a little bit. And then um, Dave, you brought up the, the scene where, um, Joel basically I mean Joel says like you're not my daughter like and and you can just like the hurt she feels like because she's really becoming attached to him um and then like how rewarding it was when 10 minutes later she's about to go with Tommy and 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 Joel's like you know what uh Tommy just let me borrow this horse because we got we got to go and and just like the the kind of like there's they don't even speak after that. They just are just kind of like, she just kind of looks at him. She's like, all right, let's do this. You know, um, you know, you get to see Ellie's first kill, like that she does it to protect him. Um, and, and, and you guys have covered it. Just all the little quips, all the things that make her feel alive um, in this very dead world. I think too, like, this is a game that I have to give an immense amount of credit to. I mentioned this when we discussed uh, days gone but uh, the aspect of what they withheld because we are in an era of gaming like even eight years ago where it's so easy to either add a cinematic or add little elements to show you every little aspect to a universe but the fact that there's so many things that like like you had said Jack like Tommy talking about like all these awful things that Joel had done and it's purely left to your imagination um, the fact that they don't need to explain like all these different tribes of people like the cannibals Dave is talking about like there's no explanation for them you just come across a group of people that that's what they've resorted to it's not like some big elaborate world building thing where they all have like a secret code and elite some big charismatic leader and all that crap like it's 100% just 
a group of people in an area that are just are resorting to that to get by in the shitty universe. I really appreciate that because you do travel in this game to different areas of the country. And it's kind of a neat part where that would be the reality of it. There isn't some like big tome that explains like everything that happened in America after the downfall of civilization. You just kind of have to piece it together as you walk through a cityscape. And that's very much the experience you get as you progress through these seasons is you're just trying to figure out like, okay, so I guess this is Colorado. This is Utah. Like, you know, you're, you're piecing it together as you go and some places fared much worse than others. I was actually, um, I was pleasantly surprised by how much lore was in the game regarding the old world and how things came to be. Um, I think it's really a, a cool choice that they made to model the zombie fungus after a real a real fungus that does exist that that affects insects um it just kind of lent a, a a different feel to a very explored genre and i was just i had forgotten so much of this game and i was just so impressed by the different characters um how how vibrant Tess and Bill felt um the the relationship with I didn't even remember Tommy like I was playing The Last of Us 2 and uh spoiler alert for Dave Tommy will be in that uh that game but I didn't remember him being in the first one and I just think it like for how much of an impression this game made on me going back and playing through the first one all the little seeds they put in there that they pick up and, and develop in the second game, um, getting to getting to see where those things started, where those um, where those ideas kind of began to take shape was just really a, a cool experience for me and gave me a real appreciation of the game. I don't want to get too far into it because I'm going to try and convince Dave to play the second one at one point, but. It had been so long since I played the first one. I was just so happy to see all those all those seeds planted for what was what was later developed. Yeah, I think I need to mention too. Um, so Dave, fall was a pretty awesome sequence, especially the way that season kicks off is just really throws you into the thick of it. Um, the way it ends too is so powerful. Yeah, I think. But are we? Are we joining fall and winter together? Because you keep mentioning the cannibals, and the and the majority of what happens with the cannibals is winter. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Well then, my apologies. <laughs> so okay, so that's why I was thinking of for fall was um, the sequence of the car accident, and then you're in that town where all the people are chasing you around, and so yeah, if I remember correctly. You start with spring, or no? You start with summer, and then fall is the um, is the power plant, and the um, is the power plant and the university. university. Winter is when you when you become Ellie and duke it out with the cannibals, and and then yeah, um, winters yeah the big one, and then spring is 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 the end. 
Um, yeah. So is it in winter where Joel gets uh, gravely injured? That is at the end of fall. It's the very tail end of fall is when Joel lands on the pipe and it goes through him. Yeah, at the comp. Is her hunting down the deer. She yeah. runs to David and his companion and she realizes she has an opportunity to get um, the the antibiotics for Joel. Yeah. Goes back and, and it's very little time passes between fall the end of fall and the beginning of winter it's it's obvious it's just been like a couple days because joel's like he's asked out um and the way she brings it back she gives him antibiotics um and then he miraculously makes full recovery and goes out hunting (laughs) and when i say hunting i don't mean for deer (laughs) yeah yeah so here let me uh go through it because that's what i was going to describe the sequence so um so winter was my favorite sequence in this game and that's that's the pivotal moment where the narrative switches and you play as ally at the beginning and one of the things like playing it through multiple times it doesn't have the same impact like what really i mean it's the ultimate example of like the common trope that you do see with any zombie related universe where the humans are worse than any creature that's roaming uh, the earth. But um, you're introduced to this character, David, who the first time I played the game, despite the fact that like being fairly obvious, the direction that interaction is going to go, there's something about the way he's portrayed that makes him seem just kind of almost dopey and aloof and you're immediately thrown into a boss fight with him where he's compared up with you and it kind of like disarms it but that him just enough to where when the big reveal happens immediately after the boss fight ends of the fact that he's he's a big time creeper and that's the only reason he's interested in helping you in any way um that really is this jarring just transition because it goes from, because Ellie's gameplay is a lot slower. She uses the bow and arrow. It starts off in this slow area of her hunting this deer. She's been taking care of Joel, who's out of commission because he's gravely injured. And so then all of a sudden it just ramps up real fucking fast from that point on. And that to me, that whole season still is the most powerful one. Um, particularly once you get to revive Joel and he's just a hundred percent in full avengement mode, which is everything you want after, you know, your experience of being so terrified playing as Ellie up until that point. Uh, what were your thoughts on winter gentlemen? Um, oh, I was going to say, apparently I was really confused, but I still feel like fall is my favorite. It was slower um, it also expanded on their relationship. And I felt like that moment where he got gravely injured and Ellie was really like pushing him and he's got pretty much a hole through the right side of his body. And he's still like fighting off people, you know, to get away, um, was impressive, but winter definitely had the, like I said, the most horror in it you know, and the most anxiety 
especially um, once you get to the Firefly campus, campus, you know, the understanding that what is going to happen to Ellie and that's not something that, you know, is, is not going to be accepted by Joel as a reality. So it becomes this thing where you, I, I'm trying to find that person as, as fast as possible, you know? So it's just winter uh, was such an action-packed chapter that when you said, when you get to it, it's going to go by fast. And you were pretty right. You know, it was so quick because it's all these like humongous moments going on in the game speckled with a bunch of action. So it's pretty good stuff. Jack? I was disturbed enough by David's character the first time around that he was actually one of the few side characters that I did remember. And, but, but the majority of what I remembered was just that horrifying scene at the end when he, you know, has the, um, the final battle with, with Ellie. And so when I first ran into him, I almost instantly was like, I think this is the guy, but I was so impressed how manipulative and sleazy he was because he was really just, he was just a scumbag and how he totally manipulated Ellie. And I mean, I knew he was a bad motherfucker because I remembered, but man, he even like, he was almost tricking me the way that he's like kind of saying, Oh yeah, you know, we just want the deer meat, you know? And the way they fight, well, it this kind of goes back to, you know, with Joel's character, you, you think he's a good guy because you fight with him. Well, you fight with David on your side for a solid, um, well, depends what difficulty you play on Dave, but um, <laughs> you, you, you fight with alongside with him for quite some time and, and, you know, you're counting on him to keep you alive. And then all of a sudden when he turns, um, it's pretty quick. But at the same time, it, the, the, the sleaziness you've seen it the whole time. So it's not like, it's not like a, it's not like a door just opens. It's like, Oh yeah, all these things are starting to slide into place. Um, and then once Ellie's in that prison cell with them, it's just like, Oh man, like this is, this is not good. Um, and then next thing you know, Joel's waking up and it's like, it's kind of like just building towards this like powerful moment where you're going to have Joel's momentum going through this town from one side of the town and and ellie um battling it out inside it just kind of snowballs winter um into this real powerful scene where they they after this the majority of the game where they're together the whole time all of a sudden they're they 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 become one again i was going to say that sequence when you you assume control of joel again like because you you described it perfectly jack like that is the cool thing about David's character is that he is so sleazy. But like I said, the first time I saw him, because you have that period of time where you're kind of relying on him in combat and stuff like that, like you kind of let your guard down a touch. And then, like I said, you get into that big fight with the bloaters and then all of a sudden he reveals that he's a total fucking creep. And that's where it just gets real heinous. But then Joel, you assume control, you know that you can just fuck shit up. And you go out and you fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome because up until that point, like 
like Dave had been describing, like it is a bit more of a slow paced, like stealth kind of base game. And that's like the first time where it just kind of opens it up and wants you to just like charge in their guns blazing. And it, they have a cool gameplay element that later I saw in the Doom games, but it's the first time I remember ever seeing it where the villains are actually running in terror from you as you're marching through. And the whole time, all their dialogue that they're shooting out is just them like really just treating you like you've just come back from the dead and you're going to murder every single one of them. And that's 100% how you feel in that moment is just like as you're playing the game, you were just so excited to just wipe out that whole camp and find the David character and rip him limb from limb. And the way it ends too, even like, it's just so powerful because you don't get that for ultimate, like Joel, the avenging like angel figure. Like he, he shows up at the very tail end and he, he has to essentially be the father figure you've always wanted him to be. That's really like one of the really, really direct moments where it's like, he doesn't have any other choice, but to just be there for her in the most intimate way possible just because she's just experienced so much trauma so much on top of everything they've already gone through and yeah well and they conclude fall with him deciding to travel with her on his own volition which is up until that point it was always kind of he felt like he had to based around the, the responsibilities he had to test and whatnot and then winter ends like you just said matt with um that that moment where he absolutely becomes the father figure you know he he embraces full on that you know this is maybe not blood but this is his daughter for all intents and purposes and um and then the transition into the next season where all of a sudden they're walking through the city and they just have this just like the rapport is just on point and she's asking him like personal questions about his daughter and he's not defensive about it like he is completely lowered his guard with her and bought full full in um yeah completely and, and it's amazing because i actually even on this multiple playthroughs um even though those the very beginning of that stage is is just very dialogue heavy and frankly very slow coming off winter like you actually just enjoy that rapport that they're having like it, it's a really despite no real major gameplay elements at play in the it's just so pleasant to see them like finally achieve that bond that you've been rooting for the whole playthrough up until that point. And then uh, David alluded to it, but then that sets you up for the encounter with the fireflies, which uh, Jack, you and I have talked about this for eight years now, but that the way that whole thing goes down just is so mind blowing. Still one of the greatest twists I think I've seen in a narrative for, you know, movie or video game. So why don't you walk us through it? Because you really were one of the first ones that you and I like just discussing that was just such a moving moment, I think, for the both of us. Well, um, this is my favorite gaming moment in my entire history. I just, it just blew my mind when I fucking watched this for the first time. And what was really cool was going back to it i remember the way it made me feel i remember how just stunned i was and how um those feelings of being stunned evolved into feelings of just awe 
but I did not remember all the little things they drop in that final scene as, as, and, and basically what happens is Joel is, is presented the idea by Marlene that they're going to kill Ellie to create a vaccine to save, to save the human race. And it's an impossible, it's an impossible decision to make. And it's not so much that he determines that he is gonna rescue Ellie. It's the manner in which he does it that is just so stunning because he rips to the hospital. He kills everybody, including unarmed doctors and surgeons. And even up until that point, you're still like, okay, okay, I get it. You know, this is his daughter. Like he's, this is what he feels he has to do. And then you listen to Marlene telling him how she felt like she had to tell him this. And then you listen to the recording you find in the hospital where Marlene basically says, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I've, I, I've helped to raise this girl. I feel like sometimes I feel like she's my daughter. And then she has the chance to get it drop on you at the end. She's got her gun raised. You are carrying Ellie. So you are un, unarmed and she has the chance to blow you away. And instead, because she identifies with your relationship with Ellie because of her relationship with Ellie, she doesn't kill you. And instead she tries to talk you out of it. And you just see the expression on Joel's face when this happens, because she tells him, she's like, you know, this is the decision Ellie would want to make. I'm not doing this without knowing that I know her. This is, you know, her, this is what she would want. And you can see him processing that and you can see him accepting that. And then the look on his face, it's not like, it's a look of you're not going to take her away from me. It's, it's absolutely a selfish look he gives her. Like it's the, it's just a look of pure anger and hatred that he, that he's going to have his daughter ripped away from him again. Like, like she was, like she was killed in the first scene and he shoots Marlene and then he puts Ellie in the car and you think that's it. And he fucking turns around and as she's begging for her life, he just stone cold says, you just come after her and, and shoots her in the head. And, and that's, that's it. It's fucking wow. Yeah. It, it's really well done, Jack. That sums up that ending sequence perfectly. And, and you know, it's really important. The fact that Ellie is completely oblivious to this fact that she literally is the walking potential cure for the humanity in that moment and, and you sum it up so well it, it really is it's that moment where you see that it's purely this is Joel only thinking about himself at that very last sequence where it's purely he's completely succumbed to just this I can't go through that again and it brings you right back to that beginning sequence where you're just so how much you know again we despite all the fucked up shit you do throughout the game it's that's the most traumatic moment of his life and he's being put right back in a position that's that's all he's feeling and so he's going to do everything in his powers to prevent it and he he certainly does 
And it, it's just such a mind fuck because, you know, you're just looking at it. It's like, you know, we were all raised on save the princess and save the universe, right? Not, you know, well, fuck you. Like, I'm doing what I need to do here. And yeah, it, it's, it definitely was a game that like, I had to like walk around the block after I beat it the first time. And even having played through it again in more recent playthrough, like it, it, it lingers like every, you just have these moments where you think about it over and over and over again. And that's just amazing narrative storytelling to me. Dave, what was your experience going through it? Cause I'm sure you had bits and pieces spoiled by us. I mean, after all it had been eight years and, and quite frankly, it's too, you know, we've admitted it's one of our favorite games. So how did you feel when you completed the game? Um, yeah, I, I did know exactly what was going to happen. Uh, I had Jack tell me about it years ago. I'm pretty sure I looked it up online years ago. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I knew damn well, like, Joel was going to go in there and get Ellie. And he, I, I knew he was going to make the moral decision to, to do the selfish thing and keep her alive in this, like, horrific world you know, where she could have had, like, the defining chance to change it all. Um, but I don't know if I was impressed by the ending. I really was. Like, despite knowing the outcome, the acting, um, the execution of it, you know, going into this, like, furious rage to get to her, um, I didn't, I, even though I knew about it, I never played through it. So when I got to the scene where there's the nurses and the surgeons, I, my initial response wasn't to shoot them. You know, <laughs> it was, it was like, they're not running out of the room. Okay. I guess I got to start shooting them, you know? So I shot them and then that continues the progression, but. Oh, it, it uh, definitely continues the progression. You see that's spoiled for me too. So, <laughs> I mean, but uh i feel like that's just a testament to the whole game that i i could know what's going to happen and still be super impressed and still moved on a level despite knowing everything right so i i hope that doesn't take away from it um but by that point i wasn't too shocked that joel did what he did um uh, i think the shock was like he did the wrong thing for a large group of people who were suffering and this was like an opportunity to like try to bring um something into the world that was good as far as like getting a vaccination out there and hopefully giving humanity a chance but i wasn't shocked like this guy's shown he's the survivor you know he may not eat humans he might have a stronger moral code but he's willing to kill someone to get what he wants or what he feel like he needs to survive, you know? And that was his whole mentality. And that's why a big part of this game is him bonding with Ellie because at the very beginning of the game, that was the last thing he wanted to do. He didn't even want it. He wanted to be comfortable where he was at because surviving was a lot easier and a lot less horrifying, you know? And, and then now it's like, you got this situation and he does a selfish thing like and the only time he does really show some empathy is really kind of towards ellie i mean not even his brother he kind of just disregards him i mean it's just kind of like i mean at the end i think he kind of bonds back with him but 
you know, the initial response is like, hey, you're going to go do this because I'm your older brother and I'm going to get rid of this uh, nuisance of a kid. You know the area. Go drop her off to fireflies, you know. So um, he does he does change and he's softened by Ellie, but I don't think he's softened by anything else in that world. You know, like it's all still very much survival. He's just put Ellie under that umbrella. And then that's where that bond comes into. And then that's where you get that emotional feeling. But his approach to everything else and that that world is survival first, you know. And I think I wasn't really too shocked when uh, Ellie was in the car. Uh, one, because I knew, but I just, you know, that scene, they did a masterful job of it. It, it kind of leaves you off on a cliffhanger and then you see him driving. And that's after he has that conversation with Marlene where it looks like, yeah, you know what, you're right. You know, Ellie probably would want this and this would be the right thing to do, you know, for a lot of people. And then, you know, you're sitting there and he looks like he has this remorseful look on his face and it pans out and Ellie's just passed out in the backseat, you know? So you're like, okay, you know, how did that happen? And then that's when it cuts back to that really prolific scene where, you know, that the way Jack described it and was able to summarize uh, what really happened definitely surprised me because I, it wasn't that I didn't see it or it, that but I just didn't take it in that manner so for him to vocalize it and really be like you know that's a really good point uh, she very much could have shot him in the back and potentially found some other surgeons you know like and then moved on with it but uh, she tried to empathize with them because they had that connection with Ellie together and Joel being a survivor <laughs> like decided to do survivor things and probably has taken her back to his brother's camp, I imagine. And that's probably where the second game is going to pick up, I'm guessing. But, I mean, with the obvious lie that uh, he didn't tell her the truth, which was he slaughtered all of the fireflies, including her friends, and um, told her that there was, like, dozens of kids that were immune and that this was not a thing for her. So, I mean, for this not to come back and bite him in the ass in the second game is, you know, you would have to be an idiot not to expect this being approached in <laughs> sequel at some point. Well, um, I, I love that final scene where she turns him and she's like, I need to know the truth. Like, what happened? And he just stone cold lies to her, you know? And yeah. I was going to say, too, it's that weird sense like it truly is that like artistic like ennui feeling like where you just kind of like understand that in his head like there's that element of like what are we trying to preserve like with humanity it's like like the whole point of preserving humanity is supposed to be the bond he's developed with ellie this whole time and that like if we're just going to be butchering children in this off chance we may say prolong our species longer like what does that say about us like are we just a hundred percent as a species that has resorted to pure survivability like Plummer had said like are we only concerned about maintaining our our existence on the planet or are we actually preserving our culture and and what makes us human and and the parts of the old world that we want to see come back so it, it is kind of fascinating too in that regard where yeah he, he 
did awful things. He lies to her face. He, he probably ruined humanity forever. But by that same token, by her continuing to exist, you know, he's introduced like an element. It's the first time you ever like actually have some hope too for that universe that they exist in where they can potentially actually have like fun. They can actually maybe like take in things and he can like share and, and the world can expand in that way. Because up until that point, all you know is everybody suffers and everybody is having a hard time and pretty much everyone can only think about survival in order to exist. And so having this rapport with somebody who can tell bad puns and get excited about seeing things that she never knew existed because she didn't grow up in that, you know, the world before it collapsed um, really is, you know, kind of saying like, you know, that's an important part of humanity as well. So you know, it's just, really deep for a video game it blows me away still talking about well i'm hoping i can talk plum into uh playing the last of us too so we can follow up this podcast sometime soon but um do you um do you have a heavy amount of spoilers for the last of us too because i know matt and myself have been very careful about um what we've said regarding what happens in last of us too but it's tough to avoid i i myself had one um pretty big spoiler hit for the last of us too uh before i played it and i did my best to convince myself that it wasn't the case um that maybe i misinterpreted something but um as much as i attempted to avoid spoilers i i did have um some things that i i knew going into that game uh, I know that Joel dies. I know that the antagonist is a daughter of one of the, the operating room staff, who it is exactly, I'm not sure. And I know that at the end, Ellie chooses not to kill her. So I, wow. I know some very okay. big, okay. yeah. Damn, you do a shitty job avoiding these things, Dave. <laughs> I just that this was like just not a game franchise that really was like a something I would really look forward to playing. To be honest, uh, Jack Jack's playthrough uh, coincided with mine, so there was a couple nights where he jumped on, and while we were playing, we shot the shit. You know, we just happened to be pretty close to each other in time like maybe like 10 15 minutes apart so i mean i don't want to say that that made me finish the game but it definitely like helped and there was uh there was one combat scene we were running through together um right after right after test dies and we were going through the same combat scene at the exact same time it was kind of funny because uh i was playing on a hard so i was like being super sneaky and i just hear all this <laughs> dave's just blowing away everybody with like unlimited shotgun rounds <laughs> And meanwhile, I and you were you were like, damn, this scene's so fucking hard. And meanwhile, I'd taken out like 18 people without dying or or alerting anybody, <laughs> freaking throwing like little bottles across the room and shaking them. <laughs> that was a pretty fun, that was a pretty fun uh moment for me. I, I had a brick first methodology towards yeah. my gameplay. <laughs> like that brick is so key, dude. Uh, uh you get close enough, anything is dead. He would always be like, where's my brick? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, the, I understood sneaking and I did try to be silent, but there's just some moments where I was like, half the shit. Like, I've got half of them. I can handle the other half, like, you know, just to speed this up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm going to play the second game. And I'm probably, even though I know so much about it, um, is what I'm expecting is to appreciate that the character, appreciate the writing. I'm going to appreciate all the stuff I don't know. Um, even though I know those things, I feel like I know a lot less about it than I knew about the original or Last of Us before I jumped into it. So those aren't um, horrific spoilers, to be honest, either, because like even though they are huge plot points and obviously you won't get the like big surprise of experiencing it yourself you kind of also know what's going to happen just because of the way like the characters are introduced and the setting and everything. So I think I you could actually get a lot out of it still. I had, yeah. I had no idea what was going to happen um, with the exception of, of Joel dying. And I, I knew very little about that. Yeah. See, I, I don't know. Like, I think I've just played so many of these games where you have to like make these kind of moral decisions and it always seemingly is the default is like the main character is not going to kill the freaking bad guy. Cause that's the right thing to do and things of that nature. So maybe it didn't shock me as much, but um, yeah, it, it's, I think you can still get quite a bit about out of it. Cause honestly, what's made me kind of have a different opinion and want to play through it again um, particularly now that I was robbed of my experience with Nier Automata is um, the fact that uh, there are so many subtle elements at play that I think I didn't pick up on the first time through. And it hasn't been until I've had time to reflect that I've realized like actually how meaningful they were. But we'll have to save those for another recording and We'll have to decide. Maybe it is one that Dave just kind of leads us through a conversation because uh, I certainly look forward to discussing it with you, Jack. And and Dave, if you can slog through it, I'd love to talk about it with you as well. But um, I'm going to put it on easy and then I'm just going to smash my way through it like I did the first time. Well, it's a much it's a much more smash friendly game. It is a much more smash friendly game. So you got that going for you. In fact, you might like it better for that reason. So yeah. Well, every, everything about it, the last of us that had aged this is not aged um yeah it's 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 a next generation game or you know it's a it's it's a last of the playstation 4 generation game so right on well you gentlemen have anything else to say about the last of us the original um i'm looking forward to the the film like adaptation it's not a movie but a tv show i'm kind of curious to see how they go with it and if they can um even get close to the same levels of um emotional you know like vibrations that the game has which i wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't to be honest i think at the very least that ending sequence um i i don't know how much legs it'll have to to be able to be a long-term series um but i do think that however they play out that ending sequence for the first game for anybody who never played it will be quite the experience but possibly on par with like the red wedding for people who watch game of thrones 
kind of just that just out of nowhere experience so but it also could fail miserably as most video game adaptations do we've covered this on a previous pod (laughs) (laughs) uh well dave um you know a much a much smaller experience is the uh is the dlc for the last of us so hopefully you'll pick that up at some point Mm. i hear that's pretty solid too give some insight into ellie's character before the the events of the game uh, during during the beginning events of the game it actually oh. takes place uh yeah i imagine the end is where you meet up with joel like um, i can't remember but um but it's supposed to it's supposed to take place like right when joel kind of does his earlier stuff with tess i think hmm. correctly yeah. cool yeah no great game right on well thank you so much gentlemen This has been Couch Co-op, a video game podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.